when you talk openly and freely about relationships, I'm finding because I took my mask off, so many people have been coming to me with a flood of love and light in saying like, thank you for talking about your story. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Rodstreicher, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic, the coffee that gets you fired up. Aside from supporting energy, stamina, and athletic performance, cordyceps have been studied for their strong antioxidant properties. I have been so obsessed with this coffee for the last year. I've been drinking it and I've been traveling with it. And in case coffee doesn't pump you up enough, how about coffee paired with one of the most energy supporting mushrooms on the planet, cordyceps. So coffee is so energizing because it stimulates the central nervous system and the adrenal glands. But combining this with a more balanced cellular energy to support uh, our immune system and our health function, this mushroom can result in a balanced stimulation while using only half of the amount of caffeine normally found in a coffee, which is awesome. <laughs> they also have an incredible matcha mix that is my absolutely new favorite, and they want to give our listeners a gift. So for those of you who are curious and want to try the mushroom coffee that doesn't taste like mushrooms, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash radically loved. So that's foursigmatic.com forward slash R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D for 15% off of all of their products. Thanks for listening. I am so excited. I'm, I'm, I just clapped my hands because that's how excited I am right now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Candice Kumai is an internationally renowned wellness writer, chef, and content creator. She's described by Elle magazine as the golden girl of the wellness world. And I can't seriously, like when I saw that that was your title, I was like, this is the best title mm. for you. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's so true. Um, Candice, oh, thank wow. you. Hi. How are you? Hi. Girl. Oh my God, Rosie. I didn't even give myself that title. It was, um, my friend Christina wrote this piece on me at L and when I read it, I was like, what? I was like, are you sure you're talking about me? <laughs> like, all of that. Yeah. And I, and I often say like titles are earned, not like 
chosen or self-pronounced. They are they are earned and given by others that are truly respected in the industry. So, thanks for saying that, Rosie. You are so sweet and full of love and laughter and life. And it is it's so nice to meet other girls that are like the same way because you and I both know as pretty as our industry looks, it's really not all that beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what a great what a great way to start off, right? I mean, this is for 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 the people listening. Candace and I were having a full on conversation before we even started to record this podcast. Yeah, and we went and we went straight into the deep stuff, right? So, um, you, I do want to talk to you about your new book, Kintsugi Wellness. Um, but I also want to talk to you about how you came into this industry and really sort of the struggles that are present currently in in the health and wellness world, since, you know, we were talking about that prior. And I think it's something that people don't talk about enough. Oh my gosh. I mean, for anybody trying to get into our industry, first and foremost, it's, it's a slow burn. Like you don't, you can't just give yourself an Instagram account with a title. Like, I, I often write about this too. Um, I write about business for girl boss on occasion. And one great story that I did was we wanted to write about how to turn your Instagram into stacks or like cash or cash money. Mm-hmm. And I often am like, I, I, I love how I say like um, stacks or cash money or whatever. I'm always like, Hey mom, do your kids ever talk about making stacks? And she's like, paper stacks. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, okay, stacks mean like cash money, like how all the rappers say it. And she'd be like, cash money. (laughs) So like cash money can be made and monetized off of your Instagram. But the depth of my conversation with the reader is almost always about you are going to have to create something over an extended period of time. And that includes expertise, knowledge, uh, education, And the one thing that most successful women have in common, doesn't matter if you're coming from health, wellness, um, media, publishing, television, strategic, like social analytics, all of it means you need to have a great network. You need to have a great work ethic. You've got to have a a girl gang behind you supporting you. Mm -hmm. And you damn well need to have a thick skin nowadays because people love writing trash all over social media. So there's like a, almost like a perfect formula for a woman looking to make it in wellness and health. And I love that you're in a very similar category, like right next to me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost like the food and wellness and yoga girls will always fall in love with each other. (laughs) But but you're real too, though, Rosie, which is why our conversation can get so deep is because you're going to, you're totally going to feel me and I'm going to feel you. And I think the other reason why I like writing for like Sophia Amoruso or Ariana Huffington or the ladies at well and good is because we've all been through this together. Mm-hmm. You know, we came up together and started from the bottom and that's a, that's a real thing. And, um, so if you're, say you're a little bit younger and you're still an up and comer, it doesn't mean there isn't a place for you, but it does mean that you're going to have to put together time, money, hard work, a lot of sweat equity, and you're going to have to persevere through the tough times. 
Yeah. Oh, and I think that that do you think that because of the way social media is now <laughs> that mm -hmm. maybe the younger generation thinks that this is going to come easier? You mean social media, like the direction in which it's going in? Yeah. I'm I curious. mean, can I just tell you, Rosie, it is a struggle every day. Like I'm relieved on the days where I don't have to post something <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, oh, well, here's a very flattering, like some marketing company wrote about me today as like following my account as a analytical statistical marketing example of, of a real faceted hustler, like multifaceted that knows how to monetize and run her Instagram account. It does not mean that you have to have a humongo following. It means, excuse me for saying this, but quite frank in one sentence, Candace Kumai knows what the fuck she's doing. And it's true. Like I came from TV and media and publishing. I've written six books. I've been on the masthead at several magazines, including Shape and Men's Fitness and was a columnist at Men's Health and Women's Health. And I'm a professionally trained chef. I have worked up and down through New York and Los Angeles running my own small business. I have hustled like slang and rocks the whole way through in the game for over 10 years I know what I'm doing. I didn't start an account with my index finger. I started an account with a like an absolute passion and fire behind me and that education and experience that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So I, th I think what's important for us to remember is like social media is stressful and we can make it sim we can simplify it by staying true to who we are, not just glorifying those who have tons of followers because a lot of that is bots and I mean that as in robots mm -hmm. and people that have bought it I, I know a guy who once equated the fake follower to doing steroids and oh. I kind of think it it's true in a way like if we could only slap people on the wrist who do it um, a lot of people would be caught yeah. and a lot yeah. of people should be ashamed of themselves because to me it's like it's exactly like roids. It's like, it's not real. You're trying to be somebody you're not. And you should earn your worth in this industry. Like I said, titles are earned. Yeah. They are earned by all of the heart and that sweat equity that you want to put behind it. So social is so interesting. And, and truly, Rosie, we could talk about it in any way that you want but I definitely want the audience to know like it takes me hours if not days to figure out my posts I treat my posts like I treat my blog it takes time and um I shoot my own imagery and I I will only stay original and so that takes a lot of thought process like and time yeah well I, I really admire and appreciate that I love when people are very mindful about how they cater the content that they're putting out. And look, you've written books. You're, this is your wheelhouse. This is, this is what you do. This is your passion. And, and you know, you're, and you're also a philanthropist and you do all these other things too, aside from the list that you, you read off. And I think that people, people forget that this, that it takes work and it's not always, nice and it's not always fun and it's not 
and it doesn't always feel good. <laughs> Knowing all of that, what you said in the beginning, how it's important to have a girl gang or to have people mm. in your life that are going to help support that and help support you because this industry isn't always nice and things aren't easy all the time. So for you, especially having all of these accolades and have and accomplishing all of these really incredible feats in your career, what have been some of the hardest things that you've had to do? Wow. Sometimes it's just a matter of like putting out fires and I have a lot to manage on a daily basis. So like I've had to monetize my funding um, as a small business owner. I have my own S corporation and, and have for over 10 years. And so I was one of the pioneers in wellness and in food and females like really starting a name for themselves in food. And how I did that was I just followed my gut and my heart and my head for many years. And there were many years of suppression so um, I went to culinary school when I was 22. I paid my way through by modeling. And originally I was going to try to go to the CIA in New York, but the but Hyde Park's campus was three hours roughly away from the city. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't afford to pay for school being three hours away from where I lived or where I worked. So I said, I need to stay in LA so I can keep my clients and pay for culinary school. So when I was there, um, I was studying on a piece of paper. I crumpled it up after we were done taking a test. And on the back of it was this, this is a real story too. It said, from the producers of Project Runway comes a new show called Top Chef. And I had no idea what it was. Nobody did. It was brand new. And my friends were like, you're totally going to go out for this. So I, I went to the casting and I was like, all right, that was fun. They told me that I was like a shoe in and I was like, that's funny, because like, I don't believe anybody in any industry. Um, and then eventually it ended up becoming one of like the greatest launch pads in my career. But it also, to my demise, ended up working against me being a young girl in fashion, trying to transition over into a boys club. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a lot of discrimination. There was a lot of pigeonholing. There was there were a ton of pre preconceived notions coming from those who didn't know me, who made judgments on me based on the four episodes of Top Chef that I was on at 23 years old. And I mean, if I watched any young girl in culinary school on 20, at 23, I'd be like, go get it, girl. You know, like I would not be mean the way several people on my cast were t towards me. It was so sad looking back I would never treat a culinary student the way that some of these older people did. And I was shocked because it's like I have girls I mentor now and I look back and I think, wow, like how sweet and innocent they are. And there's like a vulnerability in them that is so brave and beautiful. I would never take that away from a young girl. But the fact that people tried to tear me down at 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, it only made me stronger. And so when that Sia song, Bulletproof, came on years later, um, a couple of my like gay besties were like, this is your song, girl. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, I, I have been through it all. 
And I mean, I mean it, Rosie, when I say we were talking about men and dating too. Yeah. Like I feel like I definitely had some great boyfriends and I've had some horrible ones. And the new book that I wrote, Kintsugi Wellness, talks about my journey about being broken, putting the pieces of my life back together through my heritage. But more than anything, it's going to help young girls get through. So I was discriminated against for my race, for my gender, for my age. And I was also discriminated against by the choice in the industry in which I wanted to move towards. I was discriminated against for being um, just vulnerable and young and cute. And um, you know what? Fuck them. Because nobody, nobody knows who those people are anymore. And, you know, like people write me sometimes and they're like, Candace, Stephen who? And that's like a guy who picked on me during Top Chef and it, and he was such a jerk. I mean, I just look back and I'm like, you know what? I, I will always keep my head up high. I will always be graceful and I will always count my blessings. So just know all of the same hardships that happen to you happen to girls like us. In no way do you or I have it easy. I didn't come from money, didn't come from fame. I definitely couldn't pay bills some months. So financially and emotionally, I had a lot of turmoil and trauma as well. Yeah. And I worked through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How I almost feel like when I, I, I definitely have a, an akinship to uh, women like us that have been through that and that have yeah. grown up in, in this type of environment. Um, I always feel like there's, there's a different and I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just different to me. It's like having experienced that adversity really allows you to continue to move forward and almost allow the obstacles to just kind of roll, roll off your back easier. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes. I mean, it depends on the time of day that you come at me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, I guess I could agree. I could totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I mean, it, shit ain't easy but yeah no it, and meditation really really helps and having a good team helps and my agents um stay really calm and cool like i i'm really attracted to people that are like chill <laughs> and if you're like crazy coming at me with like 10 emails a day i'm usually like no <laughs> you know like keep this person away from me and i'll put somebody in between us you yeah. know like Because I'm like, this person is crazy and we're not talking about cancer here. We're talking about like an Instagram post. So (laughs) I know uh, it's crazy. I know. So tell me, tell me about how it was uh, growing up with a Buddhist mom. Oh, mommy is so special. She is the best. And she um, never pushed religion or her way of life onto anyone. And my dad and mom had a, a talk. So everybody should know their backstory is my dad was drafted into the U.S. Navy. And he's Polish-American. And he looked like Ashton Kutcher when he was young. Now he looks like uh, Gandalf or Jeff Bridges. And <laughs> the dude. And uh, mom is the sweetest Japanese woman. She was a, a student slash studying to be a school teacher in Tokyo. My dad got drafted and he was stationed in Yokosuka next to Kamakura 
And one day my mom was at this Buddhist temple and so was my dad sightseeing with his Navy guy friends. And they saw my mom and my mom was like, I just really wanted to practice my English with them. And they asked her to show them around and it, the rest is history. She's a Japanese school teacher who teaches the language and culture in San Diego and all throughout California. In Japanese culture, children watch and learn by what their parents do, not by what they say. So I watched my mom for all these years studying and teaching and practicing. And now I feel like part of her is in me. And it was so interesting because when I was speaking to Lewis Howes the other day, I said this line that profoundly stuck out to me later. And I said, I am my mother's daughter and I was chosen to be her daughter for a reason. And everyone should take a look at their parents and their past and their story as it pertains to who they are with their brand or their business or their life and lifestyle today. So my mother um, never pushed any of this on me. In fact, they probably would have been stoked out of their minds if I was some computer nerd who did programming. No (laughs) offense to any of you who do programming. But like she... (laughs) Sorry, I can hear you laughing, Rosie. (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying to... I'm trying to cover my mouth right now. Oh, my God. Watch how, like, marry a programmer. My mom is like, this is so great. You have a normal life. Candice's life is like a crazy. You are always kind of a crazy lifestyle. (laughs) So she's just so chill. And dad is still Christian. and, And they don't tell each other what to do. They fucking live. And I wish more people would be non-judgmental with race, color, creed, religion. It doesn't matter. Just be cool. Using your background and how you were raised uh, now, uh, w- with where you are now in your career, mm-hmm. is it is it something that always existed? Or is it just finally now that you're coming to a place where you're really just honoring more of it? Oh, that's a great question. So it's, it is what it is as in like the evolution of human connection, spirituality and growth. So I didn't realize my full potential until I got, I was broken, which is what Kintsugi is. So three years ago, um, I was with a guy that I I loved tremendously and I thought we were going to be married and all that stuff. Because we had talked about it. I wasn't just like dreaming out of my window. And <laughs> then like one day he lost his job and he left me without like any notice and did everything behind my back and like bought a plane ticket. And it was the day before Clean Green Eats came out. He just bailed. And it really broke who I was as a person. And I didn't expect my life to fall apart. So then I went to Japan because I had this trip planned. And before I left, I was with my dad for a few days and my best friends picked me up from the airport in San Diego from New York. And, and they were like, they just sat me down and talked me through it. And they were like, what happened? Like my best friend from Sacramento, uh, who lives in San Francisco now, but she's, she was like, she was on the phone with me every day. And so was my sister. It was, it was terrible. 
-hmm. And nobody in their 30s like ever thinks that they're going to get to that point. But then again, now when you talk openly and freely about relationships, I'm finding because I took my mask off, so many people have been coming to me with a flood of love and light and saying like, thank you for talking about your story. So many people, as publicists do, like 10 years ago, and this is pretty dated now, but they used to tell me like, do not tell people how you feel, do not show them your feelings. You know, they wanted to see this like perfectly buttoned up half Asian Barbie doll and all the Today shows and Dr. Oz and you know what, that's cool, but that is not who I am. You know, and I even say when I was judging on Iron Chef and cooking on Top Chef, the the closer person that is me is the girl who was cooking on Top Chef at 23, who had no idea where her career was going to go. So what happened after the breakup was I had to learn how to put the pieces back together. I saw my dad um, with my girlfriend. So they went and dropped me off to dad and dad was holding down the fort in San Diego while mom was um, in Japan already and I was going to meet mom. So I basically came into town, dropped off my cat to see my friends and spend a little bit of time with them before I left. And he kept saying, you know, you're going to come out of this a better person. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But like I couldn't even function. You know, there was no alcohol, there was no meat, there was no makeup, there was no jewelry. Like I was that destroyed from somebody who had hurt me. And then I started picking up the little pieces and putting them back together, watching grandma pass away, watching mom and the family grieve. Um, that, that was terrible, like having to see all that. And uh, my mom has been away from her family for her entire adult life. So that was also something that my sister and I saw and Jenny lives in London and I live in New York and we think this is pretty normal. Um, but to answer your question, like the healing process of after being broken and having like the breakup and grandma passing and then my job was just deteriorating because I, I was so broken that I wasn't focused on work. I lost faith in so many people. And I saw this like darkness in New York every day. I mean, I was depressed, you know, and just so sad and life was just not happening for me. And then I had to realize who I was and where I came from. And then I, my editor said like, you are not writing another wellness book. <laughs> And because I, I wanted to write Clean Green Wellness and like how basic would that be? I would die if that was the book that just came out. I know how sad. And so now I, I have Kintsugi Wellness is my new baby. And I, I just absolutely think the book is brilliant. And, and I never would have thought after editing it for three years with my mother in Japan, California, New York, Hawaii, and traveling all over Japan for three years. And I actually photographed the entire book myself, too. Oh, so cool. Oh, it was so gnarly, girl. It was so gnarly. Oh. My mom was like, I don't want to do this, but I have to do the correct information. So, <laughs> so we edited the book together for like three years. Yeah, it was it was intense. But like, you know, God bless her and... I hope people say, God bless you, Candace, like for, for doing this. And I don't want to be this girl. I would rather be like 
in Maui, like smoking weed and surfing all day. But that's not my calling right now. You know, like I got to do the work. So if anybody feels lost, yes, you can look to your heritage. You can always draw yourself back to your heritage because that is where we came from. A tree without roots knows nothing about who they are or where they came from. And what a shame to never learn about that. Oh, yeah. That's so good. That's so good. You're so right. Oftentimes, I feel like um, anytime I, I talk to anybody about a transformation that they've been through or a, a pretty life-changing experience or a traumatic event, um, I always say that to see far, first we have to be willing to look close. And I think that that's exactly what you did. And I think that that's exactly what this book is about. It's really about bringing it all back together. It's about bringing all the pieces back and, and, and going back to your source. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, if only more of us, I, I hope what I'm doing is allowing for people to do the same. Cause I, I honestly, Rosie, I feel like, you have potential to tap into your heritage. And I mean, I'm a child of immigrants. I'm not sure if you are as well, but it, it is yeah. so important for us to talk about that because mm -hmm. so many people are ashamed and that is not how you should feel. You should be so proud because children of immigrants tend to work extremely hard because they watch their parents do the same thing in survival mode. You know, yeah. you, you have to give grace to them. Survival mode is like when you could barely pay your rent. It's that moment when I was like hustling at every job. I, I'm still doing that. Like we're talking about equal pay and it's 2018, mm. you know, like I wouldn't have to work this hard if I was a man. I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Both both my parents are also immigrants. And so mm -hmm. I was raised with that same sort of work ethic. And I mean, my dad didn't, he grew up like he didn't have shoes when he was little, like he'd go to school without shoes because they couldn't afford to get mm -hmm. him shoes, you know? And then when he came to the US, he was like, oh, we've, we've made it, even though we're living in an apartment with like seven people, you mm -hmm. know, it was like, we made it. You know, and so I was always super grateful for everything and anything that I had. I mean, uh, truth be told, we did not live in the best environment. And we were in, you know, like in a time where there was a lot of gang violence around us. But still, I mean, we never lost that that commitment to continue to thrive, you know. And so so I, I can totally relate to that. And I feel like. You're right. A lot of people, especially if they come from, uh, uh, you know, different ethnic backgrounds or, or different nationalities that they sometimes forget because we want to assimilate to where we are, you know, and I feel like you can de you can have both. I mean, I, I'm, I've always been a, a, a traditional person, you know, I'll, I'll always have, you know, my Latin roots and Mm -hmm. my Hispanic roots. And, and, and I love that. And I love to bring that into the work that I do and, and to connect with people, um, and to bring, you know, the practices that I, that I teach, you know, yoga and meditation and mindfulness and wellness to, to everyone, because I feel like this is another thing that kind of gets left, uh, is, is because people may see 
the wellness world as something that only privileged people can do, you know? Uh, I know what you mean. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Like, honestly, I want people to know that Rosie and I are both self-made. We are both <laughs> kids with immigrant parents. Like, we work to get to where we are. Don't be fooled by, like, we may know how to, like, look fabulous <laughs> and be fabulous, but it doesn't mean that it took a lot of, like, tricks and I, I also, you know, I'm single, like I'm not married with kids. Like I took a lot of sacrifices to the heart. Mm. I mean, I took a lot of blows and like, I'm good. Like I'm going to, as the Japanese say, like stand up seven times, get up eight. And I'm going to find a hot and sexy, tall, amazing man who's successful and funny and fun and charming and witty and, and a good person. Like, because I know that that will become aligned with where I'm at when I'm ready in divine timing. But I have to trust. And I think that's why Kintsugi Wellness is such an important book to look at because you can take any of the chapters, whether it's the one on gratitude or giving, osetai, kansha, shikataganai means it cannot be helped. It's about letting go. Yuimaru means you're in your circle. Or even one of the most popular chapters is Wabi Sabi, which is the practice of celebrating imperfection. Mm. Each of these little chapters kind of help me to heal. And I use examples of stories in my life and the people that I interviewed throughout Japan, World War II veterans, my mother's best friends, my grandmother's best friend, Shizuko, who is 96 and a badass motherfucker. And you might have to leave that out, but that's okay. Um, it's fine. Oh, like, it's fine. <laughs> if she knew I said that about her, she'd probably die. But, like, <laughs> she's amazing. I mean, like, these women and men that I've interviewed in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, and these are the people that I look up to. I don't give a shit about anybody who's famous or makes money or has power. Like th that's the sad part about our society is we value that yeah. we should value wisdom. We should value age. Like somebody who has lived a full and outstanding life and overcome obstacles like war and famine and, you know, really turned something um, great, like from nothing like you and I, or cultivating female wellness brands, but we did it on our own. Like nobody held my hand through this process. I don't care how many people were on my team. I'm the only person that is floating this ship right now. Without me or you, our teams would both go down. Nobody would give a fuck about my brand if I died. You know, I hate yeah. to say that, but it's true. Like you have to work towards a goal that matters and Osetai is one of my favorite chapters in the whole book it's the last one because it talks about serving others with your gifts and it doesn't mean that I need to show off my cooking or my speaking or my writing skills it means that I open a platform for other women it means I support other women because I'm good at doing that it means that I open up my heart to all of you and I show you my bravery on the front line it means that I will write about exactly what happened to me with no shame and no fear anymore because I am so sick of being suppressed by everybody else who is basic, 
playing by the rules and makes a ton of money at the top. That's why we have podcasts, right? Because we're all yeah. poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, we ain't, we ain't uh, at that level yet where I'm like, you know, retiring on podcasts, right? It's still a passion project. I mean, talking about yeah. having to do the work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's thanks to the people listening to this right now that we have this forum to be able to do that, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do have a couple, I could talk to you forever, obviously. Um, I want to, uh, respect your time. So I do have just a couple more questions. Um, and it's really in regard to, you know, all of the lessons that you learned interviewing these people and, and creating this, this beautiful product at the end that is uh kitsugi can you tell us what if if you could just tell us one the biggest thing you learned from it what was it um I think the biggest thing I probably learned from writing the book was that my potential was a lot greater than I gave myself credit for so I don't want women to ever um back down on their full potential. Like they definitely, everybody is well and capable of pursuing their dreams. You'll be the first and last person to get yourself there. And so I thought writing this Japanese book was like insane, but it's, it's not, it's a book for everyone. And it turned out to be such an incredible project in the end. So I think as a whole, we need to give each other way more credit. And like I speak for a lot of single women right now, I'm, I'm not ignorant to the fact that like, I, I might be asking for a tall order or a tall man, but I definitely, (laughs) I, I don't want women to settle for anything. I really don't because I think women, I read this today. I believe we're the majority breadwinners in household now which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. So times have changed. So I want people to also learn to accept and let go and let up a little bit more because I feel like I was too hard on myself for too long. I still set a golden standard for myself and work with Kaizen, which is the Japanese practice of continuously improving, which is also in the book. But I, I also think it's really important to add plus value of that little part of you that that says take really good care of yourself while you're doing your best because we all know that you can't um you can't pour from an empty cup you know you you should take care of yourself as well i love that that's so good all right lightning round questions are you ready sure <laughs> what's your favorite word um <laughs> You know what I say a lot to my friends? <laughs> well, can it be a phrase? I mean, D- yeah, fine. Go ahead. Okay, there's like phrase. there's like three three things that I can say. I always joke around like if we're we're like out at a bar, like we could be anywhere out together and you see like a total crazy-looking man or somebody who's clearly not their kind of man, I'll point out to them and I'll be like, "You're kind of man." <laughs> and we always do that to each other. <laughs> And if we're in, if we're texting each other, we just say YKM in in caps, and it means you're kind of man. 
<laughs> so everyone listening, you guys know what to uh, message Candace now when you find a nice gentleman. Oh my god! One time, so we were on Doctor Oz, and Rocco Despierto is a dear friend, and we get we get paired together to do shoots <laughs> all the time. And so when I posted with him, every one of my girlfriends put you can and YKM all over the post. And I got this text from him. I'm not kidding. And it said, Candace, the heck is YKM? And <laughs> I sent the message to all my friend groups, like the girl gang in Cali and in New York, and everybody was dying of laughter. Because, oh. like, I, it was so good. And I've been saying this term, here we go for like since college. I don't know why, but it, it's a long story. But I I've been saying it since high school. Um, I love that. We just say HWG for here we go. And then the last thing I think um, I I always like ask people if it's juicy, like let me know if it's like juicy. So that's a lot more than one word, but it is me. So I got to go big. You, you, and, and I'm glad that you did. It's gotta be, cause it's gotta be juicy, right? Yeah. Juicy, totally juicy. It's gotta be juicy. All right. Rocco, you're kind of man. <laughs> We're going to tag him in this so he can make sure that he remembers <laughs> what it means. Oh my God. My um, friends are going to be like, like, what? what's happening what uh what turns you on um I would say a hot and sexy man who works out and takes care of himself and also um I'm really attracted to people that just have like an allure of love and kindness in their heart mm-hmm. yeah I I'm like I'm that. so into that and I'm so into real people and I can tell if you're real almost instantly it's just like a sixth sense that I have. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to carry you around in my pocket so you can help me out with that. Uh, oh, any time girl. I got <laughs> what turns you off? Um, the complete opposite, like a not fabulous man who's, you know, taking, not taking care of themselves or kind of, you know, how do you say somebody who's like not, into self-awareness or mindfulness or other taking care of others. <clears throat> so I think one of the strengths that I find in others is always um, self-awareness, mindfulness, self-care. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that for the turnoffs too. Like if somebody is not mindful and I, I'm not a fan of people that are rude on email. I'm always like, mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, say hi to say hi. How are you? So, yeah, I, I don't. That stuff bugs me. Hmm. Like I, I like to be kind, and I, I always tell people to read Don Ma, Miguel Ruiz, uh, the Four Agreements. Yeah, because yeah. it's like just, just read it, you know. And also Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Hmm. Such great reads. So what? If you had to give one phrase of advice for the listeners who are listening to this podcast and they just heard our conversation and maybe they're in that place where they're feeling a little bit discouraged 
and they need a little bit of inspiration or they, they need a little bit of encouragement because they're in that place. What would you say to that person right now? You know, I would say that I've been there and I've come out to the other side and it took a long time. Oh my God. And I, I will reiterate what people said to me. Time will be your greatest healer. No, like take this into consideration. Know that this is not permanent. And if you can look at an object of Kintsugi as an example, those golden cracks are going to have to take time to seal and heal. And you will come out of this better, just like my dad said, even if you don't believe it right now. But you will come out of this golden and it is happening for you, not to you. Oh my goodness, that's so good. Thank you, Candace. You're amazing. Thank you so much. So I have one final question that I ask all of my guests. Um, so are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here it goes. So I created Radically Loved to uh, create a space for people to go to when they needed a little bit of support, needed some inspiration, or to just reaffirm the fact that we are radically loved by the universe, God, uh, source, whatever higher power of your understanding. The universe works for us and not against us. So the question to you is, it's actually a two-part question. Mm -hmm. And the first one is, how do you feel that radical love? And the second part to that is, what do you radically love? Wow. I mean, I feel like we just read each other very similar things without even knowing it on the other side of the country right now. Like, it is true. Life is happening for you and not to you. And if you can say thank you to the person that let you go, if you can say thank you to all the people who told you no, if you can say thank you to all the shitty times that you had in your life, if you can say thank you for giving me character when I had no money in the bank, but I was so full on love and having a great attitude and building character while I was, you know, drained in the accounts. And if you can just say thank you for all of the tough times, the perseverance and the self-made love is what radical love is to me. And I think if we can all focus on being self-made as a privilege, how wonderful that you get to feel and see and be and experience so much. Life would not be nearly as deep or radical or exciting if somebody just handed you a check. But to go the path of least resistance is not a life lived. The path that you create as a pioneer and a leader, an entrepreneur, a writer, somebody seeking out the hearts and the minds and the love and helping and being of service to others, that is radical love to be of service in the end and utilizing your journey as a segue and as an example 
to pave the way to show others you can do it too. That's got to be the best answer I've heard. Oh, wow. Thanks, Rosie. Thank you. And so the last part of the question is, what do you radically love? Radically loved. I mean, to be it is to certainly open your heart and mind spiritually, mentally, and emotionally to the world. Um, I would like to say I'm still working on that portion of my life. But writing and self-expression through my writing has really helped. And I hope for everyone to find that radical love um, through Kintsugi Wellness. Because the book was written for you. And it was written for the world. And I didn't get to tell you this um, but Rosie, the book got picked up in Brazil, Portugal, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Greece, uh, the Netherlands, a few other countries are picking it up now. What? Hopefully all the Latina countries will. Yeah, yes. it's not normal. Girl. It is wow. not normal. And and everyone at my publishing house was like, what the fuck? They're like, <laughs> Candace, like this is not normal. You know, like you're an American girl writing about wellness. Like this is crazy. So we're hoping that radical love can actually mean kintsugi and healing and bringing together and sealing the whole world. Mm. And and my hope is is that everyone can find peace at the end of the day and gratitude in their heart. Um. And God knows that not everybody has treated me well and I haven't treated everybody well and I am not perfect, but I can still change that part of me at this point in my life and turn it around. And so can you. Candace, thank you so much. Well, I, I don't even want to let you go yet, but (laughs) I'm going to have to. Um, so for the people listening, um, Well, I I just, I don't even, I really don't want to end the conversation. You, I mean, you really have pioneered this industry uh, for women like myself and uh, many other women out there and even some of the women listening. Um, And I just want to thank you for doing that and for being strong and courageous and having the tenacity to go out there and get what you wanted. and yeah no thank you so um that i think it's incredible and i i really hope that this is uh just the beginning so i'm so excited thank you so much uh i can't really thank you enough for being so polite and (laughs) no wait another person rosie acknowledging another for their success is such a selfless like move It is so important and kind and nice that you bring that up because not everybody can be as gracious as you. So thank you. Candice, thank you. you. Uh, So for the people listening um, that want, uh, that want a little bit more information about you and maybe want to get in contact with you, where can they go for more information? Sure. You can, um, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. So if you follow me at Candice Kumai, so it's at C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I, Candice Kumai. You can comment, um, write me comments. I always write back. And then also my website is CandiceKumai.com, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, 
K-U-M as in Mary, A-I.com. I'm on the same handles at Candice Kumai at Twitter and Facebook, um, Pinterest as well, and Vimeo, YouTube. And um, the new book is called Kintsugi Wellness. Kintsugi is the art of golden repair. K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I Wellness. Kintsugi Wellness. And it is out everywhere. And you and I, I'm like dying to get people to buy this book. Me for too. Your- yeah. And for your Girl, you already bought 10 for your I friend. know. Okay, so listen. So everyone, so she just gave away our uh, our little present. So for those of you listening, we have 10 copies of the book. So uh, it's out now. And if you uh, tag both Candace and I in your Instagram stories, the first 10 people to do that uh, will give you a shout out. Um, I'll do it through my Insta stories. Uh, and you'll win a book. Just uh, message me or I'll message you because you won't know if you're the first 10 because everyone's going to do it at the same time. So I'm sorry if you don't win. You can still get the book. There's a link on the show notes right here. Uh, Whether you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, if you go to the info, there's going to be a link where you can go directly uh, to purchase the book. So it's there. If not, Insta Story, tag both Candace and I and uh, you'll win a copy of the book. Yay, you are so generous. I've never had another person buy 10 copies. Really? Yeah, no, maybe my mom. (laughs) 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 She's like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy a book for everyone I know. (laughs) And maybe they are going to get a signed copy from you. Like, well, I hope so, Mom. You want a mom. Oh yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> Candace, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks. I can't wait to meet you and see you out for dinner and drinks soon. And we can talk about um, the dating dating life next. Yes. Um, you're the best. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.